Hello, welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 podcast, the podcast where we give busy moms the tools and motivation to make their ellipses. You know, all the little dot dot dots that come after I'm a mom and count. I'm Suzanne Kearns. I'm a mom and dot, dot, dot writer, LGBTQ ally, and today a State Board of Education testimony giver, which could be any minute. So just in case ideas disappear for a second, I'll be back. All right. And I'm Missy Stevens. I'm a mom and dot, dot, dot writer, foster care advocate, and this week, Dr. Mom again. I think it's going to be a really fun year of snot and illnesses as we oh. build up our immunity systems again. I'm sorry. Yay. So on the happy side, though, today we are so excited to have Carolyn Turkington, one half of the mom babes here to join us. Carolyn and her sister, Christina, who is not here with us today, are moms and dot, 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 sisters, podcasters, founders of the mom babes community, and authors of their debut book, The Mom Babes, a motherhood anthology. Co-winners of the world's okayest mom award, Christina and Carolyn are the friends every mom deserves. They aren't parenting experts. They're real women using their personal desires for connection to build a community of women through sharing stories. The sisters keep busy working and wifing while chasing their kids and their dreams, all without spilling their coffee. Now that's impressive. That is impressive. I try not to spill my tea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Welcome. We are so excited to have you here. Oh my gosh. Well, that was a great intro of my and all the dot, dot, dots. So thank you so much. You have a lot of dots. I didn't realize I had so many dots, but I, I guess I do. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I feel like a lot of moms are that way. We don't realize all the roles yeah. that we play until someone actually lays them out for us. So yes, pat yourself on the back today. I sure. will. Thank you. Yeah. This is so great. Thank you so much for having me. I say yeah. us, but I guess. I know. And yeah, and we might refer to Christina here and there just because yes. we're so used to hearing the two of you together. But for those of our listeners who haven't listened to the mom babes and aren't as familiar with you as we are, can you start things off with a little Carolyn and maybe Christina 101? Ah, that's great. So yes, I'm Carolyn. I'm the younger sister of the mom babes. And I'll always throw that in there. I'm like, I'm the younger one. Um, <laughs> But we, so I guess I should say where we are. So we are in the suburbs of Vancouver. So in British Columbia, Canada. So we're a little north from you guys, but we have lots of friends in Texas. I am going to preface that. And we have been to Texas. Yeah. Well, and I lived in Seattle for, gosh, oh, 12, exactly 12 years. So yeah, we used to accidentally yeah. go to Vancouver for lunch sometimes when we drove too far up north. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I've been to Vancouver when I've been visiting Seattle. So. Yeah. Ah. Then it's exactly the same. You know, it. so yes, we live in San Francisco, Vancouver. Um, I my day job is a teacher. So like my nine to five is I teach middle school, so grade six, seven, eight. And I have a son who is three, and we Aww. recently just got him diagnosed with autism. So he's on the spectrum. So uh, that's been kind of our big deal this summer, right? Because yeah, it's all yes. it all's gonna happen very, very quickly. So um, so that's kind of how we spent our summer is getting him diagnosed and, and then setting up all the therapies and supports for him. So that's yes. kind of our, my main focus for the summer. His name is Reese and my sister has two girls. And so Piper and Quinn, Piper is eight and Quinn is two and a half. We live like an hour and a half from each other. So we okay. don't always see each other in person. And then with COVID, it's been a little bit different, but yeah. she works in politics. And so she's campaigning right now because we're going through a federal election coming this fall. So she's kind of just doing that right now. Um, Are your elections as 
uh, what's the word for it? crazy <laughs> as uh, our American elections? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I like, love that I answer. That? No. I was like, how'd I put that politely? Um, <laughs> you know what? I would say, well, you know, Canada is so known for being like, we're polite and we're always yes. going to say sorry um, before anything else. Like, we'll say hello. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're great. Yeah, we claim to be very polite up here. But I would say, honestly, this one I think is going to be one of our mm, more spirited ones yet because mm -hmm. of the things that have been um, coming up in our country's history as well. And that we have, I think, like many countries, kind of turned a blind eye to and mm -hmm. a lot of unlearning and relearning that we need to be doing here in our country because we have, I mean, I think we are very known to be like, well, it doesn't happen here in Canada. Mm -hmm. um, but of course it does. Of course it does. And we need to, as Canadians, really relook at how our history has been taught and learned and, and do some relearning on those pieces for sure. And then with COVID, I think across the world, it adds another layer of... Yeah. Um, opinions and mm -hmm. things like that so yeah i always say kind of the fun side not so much the nine to five stuff but yeah we have the mom babes and so oh my gosh we are oh my gosh there's like so much happening in like the mom babes world so yeah the mom babes um we just launched our book on amazon so we were, we were amazon bestsellers so that was a big um exciting thing that happened saw that awesome. congratulations thanks yeah that was like whoa Cool. <laughs> so can you share a little bit about that and how you put that together? Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I'll kind of start with like how the book came to be. So my sister and I always dreamt that we would be moms, but we never really thought we'd be moms like on maternity leave at the same time. We didn't think that would happen, but it, yeah. it did. And so we were being best friends and, you know, that's like a dream come true. Like you're on maternity leave with your sister and it's so yeah, great. That's so um, cool. But I had a very traumatic start um, with my son. And then um, my son was six weeks old, eight weeks old. And our dad passed away. And then oh. my sister was like one month out of the, like getting birth to Quinn. So we had like a lot of like postpartum fog and grief fallout and like yeah. a lot of, oh, yeah. of those layers where it really left us kind of like, well, what do we do now? Like, what mm -hmm. do we do now? This is, and we had started going to um, like mom groups and things like that. But I always came home and I'm such a go getter. Like, I'm like, hey, let's meet people. Let's like go to the, like, let's do this. Who wants to talk yeah. to me? Um, <laughs> and I got to these places and I was like, I was only known as Reese's mom. They'd be like, oh, there's Reese. Do yeah. Reese's mom. And I mm -hmm. was like very honored. And I was like, I love being that title. But I also, I remember thinking this one time, like so specifically, like, actually, my name is Carolyn. Uh-huh. Like, I, like I, I'm Carolyn. I, I like, I, I'm a, hi. <laughs> yes. I'm a fully oh. fleshed out human. In, yeah, like, can I? Separate I, from this one. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember thinking, like, why am I always talking about Reese's poo or how much he sleeps or that he doesn't like yams? Like, nobody gives two I'm sorry, right? Can I swear on That's okay, go for it. You yep. betcha. Yeah. He was like, nobody gives two rips, right? Like about, I don't care if your kid poos. Like, your kid's gonna <laughs> poo. Like, I poo. We all poo. Like, I don't understand why we're talking about poo. Like, and so I remember going home and like venting to my sister. Be like, was it like this with Piper? Like, did you go through this with Piper? Like, what's this all about? And my sister was like, yeah, I'm feeling the same way up here. Like, I, she's like, I just 
I don't know. And she's like, you know what, Carolyn, we need to, like, if we're feeling this, we're feeling we want something more than just this mm -hmm. poo talk. Like, let's, yep. let's make our own. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, well, what do we do? She's like, I don't know. <laughs> we'll figure it out. I'm like, okay. I'll figure it out. And she, I have to be, owe it to my sister. She had like this genius idea, which was, I mean, so crazy what it was. It was literally, we went back to those community centers and we put our address on the bulletin board and said, we had coffee and donuts, like come to our house next Tuesday if you want to like have some conversation uh -uh. and coffee. And we sat there all weekend being like, I wonder if anybody's going to come. Like, and yeah. Tuesday, you know what? The doorbell rang and the cars rolled up and we kind of had first time we had 10 mops. Second uh, week, there uh, was 20. Then there was 30. Then there was 40. Yeah. We had so did you know these women or these were strangers? No, strangers. Oh my I, gosh. I obviously we knew, but there are people who come to my house that literally I was like, they're like, um, is this the right house? Like I so-and-so said to me that you have donuts and coffee. <laughs> <laughs> they were like we do come on in now were so, kids allowed at these get-togethers yeah, or were, yeah. oh everybody we, okay. at what point there was we counted like I think our highest one we had was like 46 moms and their babies like it was crazy oh packed God. house and so we just kind of rolled from there and then we wanted uh, to do like in-person events and so we did like mom's night outs and things like that and then COVID happened and like fast mm -hmm. fast forward but mm -hmm. we with our dad passing in that like very pivotal moment, we were left with this, like, like, what do we do now? Like, yeah, we, we were very close to our dad and he was like the modern day George Bailey in the sense, like he was oh. very much that community mm. guy yeah. and um, knew everybody by name. And he always believed that no one would come to a celebration of life. It was weird. He was like, why would I have one of those? Like, no one will come. And we're like, dad, I'm pretty sure people will come. And we are like through and through baseball family we always say like her religion is baseball and we grew up watching the drapes and we always said like if you build it they will come like you just yeah. need to build something and so that was like delivering his eulogy and of course there was like 400 people that came to his celebration of life and of it was course. the community in one room and it was that moment where we were like if you build it they will come and we as part of both his legacy like we he did he, he passed away with cancer quite young and so we really believe that like we are his legacy and that we need to live a legacy. And that's where the, the mom babes and led the book and everything come into play, where we really believe that as moms, we were put in this position and then realized like we can have something more. Like you don't have to be just moms. And it's like perfect mm -hmm. with your with who, what you say, like your mom and, mm -hmm. and um, we knew that our something more was living the legacy and creating a community where moms could exactly be that mom and whatever else they wanted to yeah. be. And so then with COVID happening, all our events had to, they couldn't happen. We couldn't meet. And we had so many moms being like, well, what are we going to do? And we were like, why don't we write a book about all, and, and we, you all can write your stories and share those conversations. And so we really kind of started the book as being like, I think like more than a coffee table book, like that, co like the coffee club, like, hey, share your yeah. little story. So we're going to like fill your cup, warm your heart. Oh boy. Did we realize that that was like, the cup was overfulling. Like it yeah. was just more to it. 
Oh, yeah. And so the anthology is exactly it's a collection of stories. It's moms bringing their stories um, and sharing them. So we had 20 women. So our book is 20 women who, um, yeah, got brave and, and vulnerable to share uh, their truths. And I think the real cool thing is that any woman, I think, who could pick up the book, mom or not, because not everybody in the book is a biological mom. So mm-hmm. that was not a cool piece, too, that everybody felt that it could really feel welcome and support it in their story. And I think anybody who reads the book, it really, I always feel like it feels like that full length mirror. Like you're looking mm-hmm. into that book and you can really see a piece of you reflected. Like there's so many different layers and so many different pieces that people can connect with, but you may not connect with Meredith's story, but maybe Sue's story you do, or, yeah. you know, you have a friend who would absolutely need to read um Courtney's story or so and so story yeah. so it's something in there for everybody and I just think like everybody's story needs to be heard and I think that was yes. the biggest piece that we learned is that so many of the women were like well, I don't have a story or I no one's gonna want to mm. hear my story and you're mm-hmm. like no just because you said yeah, that story. that means they do I think women you know again like exactly months will think well my story is not as good as so-and-so's story but it's that's the beautiful thing about a story is that there's every story does need to be heard because there's someone else out there who does like it's just waiting for someone to say me too like that like Mm -hmm. like I I, that happened to me too I think all women if even if they don't get selected for you know your book or you know a spoken word program keep writing Put it on Facebook, you know, <laughs> send a letter to someone uh, that still, yeah. there's we, so many ways to share your story outside of that. There yeah. are. And that's the one thing, like, even for us, like my sister and I have always loved writing and we have like the same as you guys, you have your Instagram, you're always writing and posting and, and sharing things. And so we thought we were going to like submit chapters, but then when the women showing up with their stories, we realized our story wasn't going to fit exactly how we thought it would. And so wow. it was like, shifting our perspectives throughout the book and so we ended up just doing little we call them pep talks um because the the women came with oh my god such bravery like it was um it was heavy you know like there were Mm -hmm. some heavy points to it and so with having the pep talks we needed those like what we call them like narrative pauses Mm -hmm. that you you could read because each woman's chapter it ranged from like 1200 words to like 1600 words and so it's a little like nice little morsel of you know, one complete story. But if you read something that is vulnerable and brave or triumphant and you have these big emotions and feelings, it's almost like, well, you could read three or four, but then you need to have little like you need a little break. Oh, oh. Yes. So, yeah. The yeah. Are meant to do those. So yeah. Anyway, oh, but the book. Oh my gosh. Okay. So the name of the book again and where people can find the it. The Bond Babes, a motherhood anthology. So for you guys, the best it would be to order on Amazon because okay. it'll get to you the quickest. And um yeah, it's it, it would like we always try and say please support our authors and and purchase from an author. But for you guys being where you are, um yeah, Amazon. and I can send you a book, but it will take like probably I don't know how long it will take. <laughs> yeah, Ronnie, right. yeah. you'll get it tomorrow. So <laughs> I would definitely say for your listeners, definitely go on Amazon and it's the Mom Babes, a motherhood anthology, and then book number two. Um, we're gearing up for that. We're just getting all those details organized, and so we'll be opening up September fifteenth, I believe, is when we're going to kind of like open the the sign up. And then the plan is to start um, after our Canadian Thanksgiving. So uh, like October 20th would be when the program would start. So yeah. 
So I've noticed a thread running through your story, and it's a similar thread that has run through a lot of our guests this summer, which mm-hmm. is sometimes you just have to do something. Oh, yeah. You just have to start it. And you've talked a little bit about the moment that you and your sister felt like we just have to start the mom babes. So do you have any advice in this adventure you've taken for other women who have an idea or know that it's time to pivot in their career, whatever the case may be, who are struggling to take that first step? Have you just learned from talking to women or doing your own thing? What, what helps? You know what? That's such a great question because we we always say this like the big piece for us, and and not everybody has that moment of you know losing a loved one or right. um, that type of idea where you're you really are faced with like, well, what am I going to do now? And this can't be it. And what's for something more? And we really truly believe that there's so much more meant for us moms. Like you do not have to wait. And I think with motherhood how I, I'll speak for myself, how I really shifted my perspective is um, that piece of what I really learned through motherhood was it really is a relearning of who you are. Like it's mm-hmm. motherhood Ooh. really shifted um, yeah, just the woman I am. And so I think with that kind of shift, well, it was kind of like, well, who do I, who am I now and who do I want to be? And I'm not going to wait. So I know it's not the best advice, but my advice is really just getting brave. You got to you got to look inside and get brave and just start because you're always are going to say, "Well, I'll wait. I'll wait till the yes. kids are older. Yeah, yeah. I'll wait till you know. Well, maybe next year, or I'll wait till the pandemic's over, or mm-hmm. I'll wait till sunny day. That's the day that I'll start. <laughs> All right, going to be better." Like that I'm night, sure. I magically have eight hours of sleep. I'll start it that next yeah, morning. Like, yeah. The reality is, is like, then that same day is going to come and go. It's going to be the day mm-hmm. that it's going to be sunny. Well, it's going to be freaking raining. Or, you know, the pandemic was supposed to be over three years ago. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's only two weeks of day. And so you have to just really, yeah, get break and just start. Today is a good day to start. And there doesn't have to be, there's no one's, because no one's coming to your door and, like the big marching band being like, you started. Like, <laughs> yeah. I love that. That echoes back to, we had a great interview with Julie Lithcott Hames for uh-huh. her new book, Your Turn. And that was one of the big things that I love kicking that off was like, what are you waiting for? You're, you don't sit around waiting for someone to give you permission like to do yeah. this thing. If you want permission, I just gave it to you. You can do it. Yes. You can do yes. it. Like, you can do I it. think about a lot. Like I waited years to become a CASA advocate, which is a guardian ad litem for foster children. I became interested in it when I was in college, but I thought, well, I'm too young. I don't know anything about kids. I have no experience. And then I got busy in life and thought, well, I'll do it another time. And then I had my own children and they are, well, as you both know, like super needy children, babies, they can't do anything for themselves. Useless, those babies. (laughs) And I thought, well, I'll wait till mine are a little older. When I finally did it, one of the thoughts that kept coming back in my head was, why didn't I do this years ago? Yep. Not necessarily yep. in a regret. It wasn't like that, but it was just like, oh my gosh. I was, it was capable huge, back then. I could have done this. And it's a, it's a lesson now I will carry forward forever. Every time I think I'm not ready, I will remember. I waited so long for no reason, made up reasons. And that's yeah. what we really learned very quickly when our dad passed was that our dad waited. He waited. Mm-hmm. He waited till uh. he retired. He would wait until he would do all these things. And 
he gave everything to everybody else. And then it was like, when it was his turn, he would get mm-hmm. to do it. And he never got his turn. And so for us, like bringing back the baseball analogy, like, you know, everybody gets 10th inning and my sister and I am my dad's 10th inning and we're not going to let a day go past without living that 10th inning out for him. And and this community is how we do it. Sharing women's stories is how we do it. And for us in our own personal lives, like we live the 10th inning and our Mm -hmm. 10th inning is this. And what we want to share with our kids and our families and our husbands that Exactly. You don't wait because you don't know when that last day is going to be there. And it's not to like take it and go morbid, but it's just, it's just that it's simple not morbid, idea. It's beautiful. It's, yeah. it's why wait? Why, what are you waiting for? Because, mm-hmm. and, and I think there is the fear. And even for us, like we had so many people ask us like, well, what did you do if no one shows up? What are you going to do if it doesn't work? Well, then like, wait, you guys, we, Susanna, you said it before, you pivot. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, just trying something different. Like, yeah, it, I, I think we live in a, in a world now. Like, I grew up, um, like with those very traditional rules and the traditional morals and the things you follow that you will get a job and you're going to stay there for 40 years, then you retire and everybody's happy. Like, <laughs> but, <laughs> right? Like you, like, you just, it's just very simple, right? Whereas I think now you can, you can have 25 jobs in your career. Like, you, you're not defined about what you do. Like, it's just, you, you can be defined however you want to be defined. And if you, yeah. if today that's going to be a marathon runner, well then get your runners on and out, go with it. Like, um, I basically got told I couldn't do an Ironman and, uh, which is like a triathlon, like, oh, yes, yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I could do that. And they were like, no, you can't. And they're like, well, they're like, can you swim? I'm like, no, no. I can't. <laughs> hey, me neither. <laughs> and they're like, do you, do you own a bike? I'm like, that's another no. Uh, yeah. But, I'm like, I can buy a bike and I can learn how to swim and I can run. So, I mean, I can't run very far, but I can train it. I'll do it. And I did that bloody Iron Man and I showed that guy that I could do it. And it was a year of training. But like, oh, yeah. the point is, is like, it's, it, there's always going to be something in your way. You know what I mean? Yep. But if yep. you want to do it and it means something to you, well, then go do it. And the naysayers can go to the naysayers corner. Like, <laughs> like I don't know. Like, don't to the naysayers. Because there's people. I want like, that on a shirt. The naysayers <laughs> can go to the naysayers <laughs> corner. Like, see you later. I don't have time for you. Like, let. And I think that's for the mom babes. Like, it's just, we realize it's a community where everybody can support each other. Because mm-hmm. we're not all going to do the same thing. And it's getting to be with women like you or like part of the people. Like, you, like you want. To make a change, so you're going to out there and make a change, and it might be big, it might be tiny, but it's significant to you, and that's what matters. Like, yes. yeah. yeah. Oh, I love. I feel so motivated. I'm so. Glad. I know. I'm me too. I hope there. our listeners Sorry. are like fired up. Yeah, this is like my thing. pep talk to go to the state board of education. I'm going to be in there, and be like, oh. yeah, you listen to me. Yeah, <laughs> I don't listen to you. My goodness. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I okay. So we we talked a bit about the book and the women's stories, and I and how unique every woman's story is. But since you've read all these and you've heard all these, I'm really curious, like these days, what is that common thread? Or is there kind of a theme that you've been hearing a lot of or seeing a lot of? Ooh, that's a big question. I know. Man, you know what? Well, it's kind of funny. Even though it's called the Motherhood Anthology, I would argue that not a lot of the stories are actually legitimately about motherhood. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's, Women who have, like you said, they're, they're journeying through motherhood or into motherhood or out of motherhood. Um, it's, it's, 
gosh, there's so many themes. Like, because there's like the resilience and the triumph, but then there's also like grief and loss and pain. Um, then there's the, the bravery and the vulnerability. Oh gosh. Yeah. I think it's really people. Uh, yeah. That's a tough one. I think it's the universal themes of, of, yeah. of raw emotion. And um, maybe it's the stories really that aren't talked about enough um, yeah. that people deep down have, but just not sure how to share it or connect with someone about it. Um, and I think part of that is just we don't have practice talking about it. We spend so much time talking about the sweet potatoes and the poop and the diaper. And we practice. <laughs> we literally yeah. practice that so that that just becomes the dialogue. And it's just what we naturally It's the safe to. dialogue. Well, it's in some places it's safe. There are always the places where someone will say, you should never feed sweet potatoes at this point. <laughs> but for the most part, Only organic that for is... Me. Yes. What? You didn't make them yourself. <laughs> um, I wonder if the common thread, and I'm just guessing here, is that we are, as women in this time, deciding enough is enough. And yeah. we are going to be more vulnerable and real because we don't want the women coming behind us to go through what we did. And we certainly don't want them to go through what the generation ahead of us did, the generation that really waited. And it really put everything off until that day. Yeah. I want my nieces and my, my sons, but I think a lot about girls, but I want these children to go forward yeah. and be their whole selves and not put any of it in a box at any point. Absolutely. Hearing my nieces say like, we're mom babes. And, and you're like, and what does that mean to you? Because especially for like my older niece, she's like, well, I can do anything and I'm going to go out there and do this. And I want to try you know, she's going to her first sleepover camp, like yeah. outdoor camp, whatever. But it's just, I think it's that idea that, you know, she's, she's getting brave and it's yep. um, so cool to see that and her to embody that attitude and that mentality of, you know, that I can do that. And I'm not sure what it's going to look like. and I'm not sure exactly how it's going to go, but I'm going to go try. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I love that it's not, it's bravery that isn't tied to a career track necessarily. Yes. There's so many things. I think stay-at-home moms get kind of in this rut or stuck in neutral because they feel like this is my role. I signed up for this. So this is what I'm going to do when mm -hmm. there are things you can do. I'm a stay-at-home mom, but I'm testifying to the State Board of Education today about supporting comprehensive LGBTQ inclusive sex ed, because that's something I believe in. And it's mm -hmm. not something I need to have a job or a profession that supports. It's just something that, you know, I'm a mom and my values count as much as anybody else's. So I'm going to share them. And that's something that voice and standing up for what you believe in. And, you know, my kids watching me do this for the past few years, they don't know I don't have a job sometimes. I mean, they do now because I talk to them about how, you know, but at the point when they see you working towards something, they see you go do something, go to a meeting or whatever. <laughs> and that looks like when daddy goes to a meeting. Yep. And so um, I, I was worried for the longest time that I was setting this really crappy, you know, anti-woman power, non-feminist mm -hmm. view for my daughter, because I grew up with a full-time working mom. And I really was proud of that. 
like I didn't have very many friends whose moms were working. I thought that was really cool. And I was like, oh, great. So I'm going to be doing the opposite of that to my daughter. I'm going to be setting this, you know, sit at home example. But there's so many things that you can do with those little, I call it confetti time, but those little Mm -hmm. scraps of time that you get throughout the day that don't need to be an eight hour project to be able to make movement and, and and make a place in the world. So, and we don't need to be locked into this one idea of self. I am an accountant or I am whatever you can be an accountant and a mom and, and being a mom, babe, I feel like is to say, I have, I have a lot to offer and you guys talk about having it all that moms can have it all. Oh, yeah. What does that mean to you? Because I think for a long time we've said you can't have it all or you can't have it all at the same time. <laughs> so what does <laughs> oh, that yeah. mean in mom babe world? I honestly, can I just be your best friends? Like I really just want to come to and be <laughs> like, can I be Look. your best friend? Like seriously. Actually, we'd rather come to Vancouver. Okay, come <laughs> we want Vancouver I, weather. We'll come to that. you okay. if Canada will let us in. Oh, I'm so validate when I'll out yeah. for you. My house is literally like five minutes to the border. So like it's really close. Perfect. Um <laughs> Yeah, we, you know, my sister, actually, I give her credit because she, I feel like coined this one. And she will always be known to say that you can have it all, but you don't have to do it all. So it's, Mm. you know, Mm. a lot of times, you know, you can think of it because everybody always asks us, like, well, how do you balance it all? But we don't really believe in balance. It's just kind of like the, you know, the people will also refer to the juggle struggle. And I don't love the struggle piece. I'm like, I'm not struggling. Like, I'm just choosing which balls I'm going to let drop because that's the choice. Like, I don't, that's not a priority for me. And I'll let that ball go and it will bounce back. It might keep bouncing there for a little while. I'm okay with that because I'm holding the other balls over here and we're doing great. So I think it's just, again, knowing all the things that you want to go do and then realizing, okay, so I had like, I'm a middle school teacher have podcasts, you're the mom, babe, writing books. I'm, um, I'm, you know, I want to run 10 kilometer, right? Whatever. Like all the things you want to do. And then you just kind of look at, well, what's my top three for today? Mm-hmm. Those are the three that I'm going to do. So if it's, you know, if the house is getting a little bit crazy, well then, okay, I'll make sure that one of my top threes is, you know, tidying up the house. And for me, I really want to make sure that I'm a feel my body so we're gonna make a smoothie today and that's gonna be my other one and then the last one is i'll have to make sure that i always like read books and cuddle with my kid okay those are my top three and i at the end of the day can say that i did those top three then i had a great day so maybe i didn't get to reading the book maybe i didn't get to the other things but that's okay because i didn't make those my top three today Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of prioritizing. I like to break things down to manageable pieces because life can get overwhelming and you think you have mm-hmm. to do all the things yeah. When you really don't have to. And I think it was just realizing that what you want to do today and what's most important today, then do those things today. And then the next day, do the next things. So you can have it all, you know, but you don't have to do it all every single darn day. Yeah. Like, yeah. and I really love the idea of a top three. Uh, yeah, top three top can change three. every day. And I'm that freedom try that. to say it's not the same. I, I, I started doing that about a year ago because I'm someone who, again, type A person, I, I want to do all things. Mm-hmm. And like, yep. I love doing all the things, but then again, you do want to that burn up stage all the time. You're always tired. Mm-hmm. And again, having like young kids, like it's just, mm-hmm. again, all the things. And so I started doing that. And really you have to be good with yourself because 
That's the other piece, which I was going to say, because you asked me about what I've learned so far. I'll save that piece. But <laughs> you got to be okay with letting things go too and not having to like, like really knowing your strengths. Like my husband and I have gotten like really good at like things that would cause me stress in the morning don't actually cause him stress. But we like never knew that about each other, you know? Mm-hmm. But like once we started each doing their top three and realizing like, oh, I don't want to do that. He's yeah. like, I love doing that. Like, yes. Yes. Yours. I was like, who, who are you? But he's like, no, like, I really like getting up at like 5 a.m. and like getting all that stuff ready for the day. I'm like, great. You can <laughs> That's my husband with grocery shopping. Grocery shopping will put me into an anxiety spiral. But he's like, oh, I love going to the store and picking up the things. I'm like, mine doesn't love to menu plan, but he loves to shop. So I plan the menu and he goes and shops. Yes. As long as he knows what he's shopping for, like what meals, then he's good to go. And I hate going. So we were married almost 20 years before I knew that. Right. Yeah, we were married a long time before I knew that. <laughs> yes. That's my point. And it's like always, like I have a couple of moms who are like, well, so my husband's not doing it. I'm like, well, have you asked him? Have you, yeah. have you, have you legit talked about it? Because I think you're just creating a narrative in your head about all these things. And none of, actually, like, none of it's actually true. Yeah. Sometimes they don't know until you ask and yeah. you don't know until you say it out loud sometimes. Right. Yeah. So that's our big thing. You don't have to, you don't have to do it all. Top three. That's my, that's my good advice. Okay. We are yeah, doing that. I'm doing a top three today and yeah, I'm going to try that yeah. this week and I bet it'll be something I stick with. That is awesome. Okay. Yeah, now, so before we get to our look, listen, learns, where are the best places for people to find you? Yeah. Well, we do love a good old IG, Instagram. We love hanging out <laughs> there. I, I, I know. I sometimes I'm like, well, if you have a website at www.thebombbabes.com, <laughs> um, which is great. But yeah, everything is linked through our Instagram. So if you just go okay, to our perfect. Instagram page at the mom babes, that would be the easiest way. Or yeah, go into our website, themombabes.com. And then if you're interested in wanting to write your story or be a part of the next mom babes anthology, then we do have a wait list. And then the wait list just means that you're interested doesn't mean you have to pay any money or you're committed to anything. It's just, you're going to be at the first ones to know the details about the next book. So joining the wait list would be a good idea um, or joining yeah, our mailing list and it's all through our website or links through our Instagram. So wonderful. Okay. Perfect. We will share all that in show notes for sure. Yeah. Neat. All right. So yeah, we're going to jump into the look, listen, learn segment when each of us shares a little something we've been watching or reading, admiring or listening to or learning about. And we usually let our guests go first. And I've already explained to Carolyn that because I might be called at any moment to give my uh, testimony to the State Board of Education. um, I'm going to jump in here first, just in case I have to just uh, politely excuse myself. But along those same lines, I had to look up the movie Elf today. I might be the only one who dropped an Elf reference in our testimony today. I was thinking about this because the State Board of Education in Texas, for the first time in 20 years, is revamping their sex education to be beyond just abstinence-based. Um, so they're bringing it in. They're finally bringing it in, like to the 1990s, I guess. <laughs> is what their what their goal is to. That's about right. Um, yeah. 
So there's, it's still behind and they did, I mean, they actually mentioned consent, which like, bravo. Okay. Good job. So that was one thing that we were really interested in, but one thing that we've fought for and that most of the major school districts in Texas are actually already doing is LGBTQ inclusive sex ed, which you know mm -hmm. what? the the people who protest it and whatever will be like oh they're giving you the ins and outs of how to do it and you know they're trying it's a sales pitch and they're trying to indoctrinate your children into the gay lifestyle like no it's like literally just it's not how you, it works do you know no. what cishet means okay you don't well that's probably something you should know what it means and let, let's just have a definition for that let your kid know what you know yeah. some of these words mean and let these kids know that we see them so the reason this ties back to elf <laughs> which yeah i mean elf, you know the big the big <laughs> sex ed movie elf um no do you remember the scene where walter hobbs just consciously makes the decision to leave two pages out of that book he just leaves them blank and he's like uh the kids will never notice. They'll never know. <laughs> like they just look for the pictures anyway. And then his boss comes a couple days later and is like, wait a minute. My niece wants to know like where the what bird to the pokey and the puppy dog. Or whatever <laughs> like, it was. Yeah, yeah the <laughs> pigeon and the dog. How did they get away from the evil witch or whatever? <laughs> yeah. And so that is how I am feeling about these state board of education people. I'm like, you are Walter Hobbs. And you are signing off on textbooks that basically have two blank pages. You are making a conscious decision. You know the bird and the pigeon and the dog are not in there. And you're saying, yep, nope, I'm going to pretend that no one else sees them and notice that they're missing. But, and, and I mean, I could go all day about, um, I have, I hate to say, I need to find a new phrase for there's, I don't have a dog in the fight. I don't, I don't have a... I don't have because I need to, I you need to, do because every parent yeah. who cares does. But that's the thing. Uh, so I'm cishet. I'm cisgender, heterosexual woman. I have two cishet kids that I am so far aware of. This I I'm not fighting this battle with any agenda. It is just the fact that it, even though it doesn't impact my kids, it impacts my kids because Absolutely. they have friends that are queer. They have friends that are trans. They have friends who have parents who are trans. Like this is something that is just part of their life. And it is such an insult to them, the kids that it directly impacts to just completely leave those two pages of the book blank and assume that they are not gonna notice that a book that is about sex ed just totally eliminates an entire group of individuals and an entire yeah. community of individuals. Um, so anyway, that is how I am going to work ELF into my State Board of Education testimony. And then my learn uh, for everybody who's been following for the past eight months, our, uh, our very long, our saga. long progress, our saga of our uh, backyard renovation. It was finally all done. We're getting the hot tub this week even. Um, our beautiful brand new concrete pavers covered in ba uh, bear. Well, not bear. <laughs> Bear's my dog and also not wild bears in our backyard. Bird and or squirrel berry poo, which mm. it is just purple, purple polka dot 
concrete pavers all over our glorious new backyard. Does not come out with pressure washing, does not come out with soap and water. Um, if There's anybody some listening. Stuff called, I'll have to look it up and make sure I have it right, but I think it's called wet and forget. And I know, <laughs> I know that's gross, right? Well, you you um, might want to make sure that's the right thing. <laughs> yeah, I know the name might be wrong, but it's something like, it's something with forget. And it's for like mildew stains, but I'm wondering if it'll work on that. And okay. really you just spray it and the stuff disappears. I, I'm going to try a lemon. Lemons and yes. vinegar, vinegar seem to just like cure everything. So I'm just going to go out there with a lemon maybe. today and see yeah, what happens. Read some vodka and you're good to go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. I'm probably just going to kill all my brand it's new plants. It's just, I mean, high class problems really, but okay. So that's what I've learned. I've learned that whatever is pooping, it's got plenty of berries oh, in their diet. Good for them. Maybe they're eating our smoothies. So. Oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> and that is my look, listen, learn for today. Awesome. What about you, Carolyn? What are you look, listening, learning? I love that. That's great. Um, well, the big thing I've been learning, it kind of connects back to all things, is I've been reading a book called, uh, oh gosh, no, I'm going to forget, Fear Self-Compassion. So doing a lot of self-compassion work. Jennifer Neff, I think is the author. And oh, she's a doctor, PhD psychologist. And there's a workbook and she has a couple other like novel type books. But it's in a more of like a workbook format i guess i would say mm -hmm. and so you read the chapter and then at the end of every chapter there's like an exercise and i've been really finding it useful because it's like if, if missy you called me and said oh my gosh like this outfit looks terrible on me and i'm just so this so that i would never be like yeah yeah it does does <laughs> you really are yeah <laughs> like as a friend i would be like oh my gosh like i'm you know i'm sorry you're feeling that way but like really i'd be looked at this angle like i think you actually really beautiful and like you know, you, you have so much more self-compassion for your friends and your family, mm -hmm. but it's relearning how to speak to yourself in that way and understanding mm -hmm. that how you speak to yourself and the narrative you say to yourself, how important that really, really is. So yeah, I've been learning about self-compassion. So that's my like work that I've been doing. And it's actually been surprising because I had a friend recommend to me and I thought, oh gosh, I don't think I speak to myself that negatively. But I kind of just thought, okay, no, my friend recommended this to me, then I should, I should learn about it. Like, I, it's important to her, so I should see what it's all about. And I've been surprised because I actually didn't realize just little things. Like, um, I'll give the example that is the me getting vulnerable here. But like, I have like the classic mom pooch. Like, I have the little, oh yeah, um, like. Uh, I don't know, like not a flat stomach, but I had no idea how much value I put on a flat stomach. Oh, like subconsciously, hmm. had no idea. Had no idea. I had, yeah. I like, and I've learned through some of these exercises that I was like almost a lot of times like defining like my self-worth on like my little, like, well, I don't have a flat stomach, so I'm not as good as that woman. Like I had no idea I was doing that, but it was just so ungrate. I don't know. And it's like, cause it, it, it um, it asks you to like look back in your, um, like your childhood, like your memories, like things that, like, you know, got you that way. And I can think back to exactly when I was a teenager and this one instance where we were at like a girl's slumber party and we we're talking about like this flat stomach and six packs. And I'm thinking, like, well, I've never had a flat stomach. And I'm thinking, like, I guess I'm the last good as that girl. Like, I guess I'm the last pretty oh. as that girl. And like, I never, but I never connected it, you know? And then now mm -hmm. here I am 25 years later, like, 
and I'm mom pooch and realizing like, this is a big deal, right? Like, and, and then, wow. but then realizing now, like, I'm not defined by my mom pooch. Like, what the heck's going on here? Like, yeah. so it's really interesting and really, I think, healthy work. So anyway, I've been learning a lot about that. And, um, and you've been sharing some of that. I've been appreciating on the Instagram, yeah. um, yeah. <laughs> sharing of, uh, well, I don't even want to say it's your mom pooch sharing the yeah, proudly your body. Yes. Yeah. Because honestly, I am, you know, I just think that when you really start looking at what our bodies have done and what we've carried and what we can do and how capable I am, like, I'm so privileged and I, so like, why am I sitting here worried about a mouth pooch? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's not going to hold me back. Like, come on now. Like, when you really start doing the work, you realize when you, some of the thoughts that I've had about things, you think like, wow, why did I think? <laughs> like, yeah. Think about how much time I've wasted, wasted thinking about things like that. Thinking about that. And then, and, and yeah. keeping me from doing something like, mm-hmm. and like, so now the mom makes like, the whole thing is like, put on the dang suit, girl. Like, yeah. get out there because- Making memories and sharing that with your friends and your kids and all these, but that's more important than sitting on the sidelines and being like, well, I shouldn't wear the shorts because someone's going to see my cellulite. Like we all have cellulite. We all have that. And if the women who, maybe you see, I have, I have a lot of friends who have flat stomachs and, you know, rocking bodies, Mm -hmm. but then they, they shouldn't have to be looked at and feel like, you know what I mean? Like that they're any better. they're probably feeling the same insecurities as I am. They're just different things. So yeah. get out there and be like, you look hot mama. Like, you know what I mean? Like, give that to Grace too, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So all about, yeah, women just supporting women and babes supporting babes. So that's been some, like, really good work that I've been doing this summer because, again, I didn't realize I had to do the work. But a friend was like, hey, check this out. And I'm like, okay. So anyway, self-compassion work. Yeah. I know. I love um, it. I think I'm going to order it. And well, and then now coming into fall, I had, I was trying to think of the things that, um, I've been like, look, or yeah, that was my learn, like, look, listen, learn, like, what am I looking into? Um, but I am just getting back into, okay, well, what I was looking for is, um, I've been trying to limit some of my sugar because, well, I like sugar. Oh, I love sugar. <laughs> like I do. do. I like it. And so, but trying to just be a little more mindful of some of the sugar sources because I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, whatever, I'm just going to eat whatever I want. Um, well, it's not true, but you would be. Yeah. Anyway, yes. I found, yes. Um, I'm a huge fan of pumpkin spice in the fall. Oh. I am. I do like a good pumpkin spice. <laughs> so anyway, like girls Starbucks has the PSL. And, but then yeah. I, now that I've been like limiting some of my sugar, I had one of those the other day and I was like, whoa, like you went for a team when your eyes go like, yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, holy cannoli, this is sweet. Like I couldn't believe it. So I was trying to look for like a not so sweet, but not fake. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I can really taste it now that it was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is aspartate. Like, I'm like, yeah, oh. it's gross. Like, oh, this definitely. is gross. Yeah. So, um, my last little share is I call, I found it. It's called Bloom. Now, it is a Vancouver based company, but I'm sure like America had everything. It <laughs> 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 had everything before Canada. So, I'm sure you got something out there. But, um, a much more, so it's like, orga- um, it's organic, but it's like, a, it's like a powder. But anyway, it's called Bloom and it's pumpkin spice. It's real pumpkin. Ooh. And has the spices and you, and I add it to my coffee and it was fantastic. So oh, anyway, yeah. there you go. All right. Good pumpkin spice All right. lovers. Yes. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, we may even be able to get it 
that yeah. product. I don't know, but we all can look for one that's similar as well. So there you go. Oh. I was trying to think of something else like more fun and funny, but no, that's perfect. Know. I'm not sure. No, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> we go, we run the whole gamut from we like totally super do. deep to super, I know. Well, when I got the, the like, um, like the suggestions, like when you said, okay, what like the podcast is going to be about, and I was like, okay, well, I have hemorrhoids. Should I talk about those right now, or is it about? <laughs> oh, girl, <laughs> like. Everybody had hemorrhoids. I'm not sure. I could have a whole show. I had a hemorrhoidectomy, girl. Yeah. Oh my god. I've done the surgery. I've done the bands. I've done the injections. I've got it. I've done it all. Right now, more behind. Yeah. And then my husband's like, "Are you actually going to go out there and talk about hemorrhoids?" I'm like, "Mm, "Might. I might. I I feel like that's totally fine." (laughs) I think we need a whole injections. Rat hemorrhoids, and there's a woman in Canada who had hemorrhoids. Okay. So get along. Yeah. And again, going back to that, just talking about the real stuff. Yeah. If you don't talk about it, then everyone's sitting alone thinking I'm the only one who has this. I will tell anybody who wants to know about my hemorrhoidectomy surgery, any procedure. (laughs) Like, yes, just being, there's no reason to hide it. It's not something I chose for myself. (laughs) No, (laughs) it's just, I mean, it's just a thing. It's a thing. It is a thing. Right oh my gosh, Missy, we've got quite a lead into your look, listen, learn. Yeah. Can you All beat right. no. can you beat hemorrhoids? <laughs> I don't think I can beat uh, bird poop yeah. or hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try to end it on a non-fecal note. There um, you go. There you go. So what am I um <laughs> my is it a look? I guess I'll, I'm reading. I just finished reading The Gunkle by Stephen Rowley. And he also wrote Lily and the Octopus. Did either one okay. of you read that? I loved Lily and the Octopus. Such an odd, like almost magical realism element to that book that I loved. So I haven't read his other book, The Editor, but it's on my list. And The Gunkle was so much fun, though. It's based on a some, somewhat heavy premise. It's a man who takes um, two children after their mother dies. He takes them for the summer um, and he does not have children and just kind of what unfolds from there and it's so sweet and so funny and heartbreaking at times and it's a great it's almost beach read easy to read but it's got yeah. some heartfelt wholehearted gunkle. topics to it yeah. so the gunkle highly recommend it and I actually listen to it and um he reads it himself and so it's great he's a very good narrator and then my learn is really boring but I'm making a list a comprehensive list of all the places you can get a COVID test because it's (laughs) dang near impossible. It shouldn't be this hard. So my youngest came home from school yesterday and spiked 101 and had a lot of snot, spiked a fever. He's vaccinated, but still, I mean, you don't know. So we had the home test and it was so funny because just that day we had talked, my husband and I were like, maybe we ought to keep a home test or two around for those times that somebody comes home from school and feels bad because you know, what's going to happen this year with us all getting used to colds and snot and all of that stuff again. So that was yesterday. And he came home yesterday, sick, (laughs) like we happened to have a home test. So we did the test and it was negative. And he really, I would be shocked if a test came back positive, but Suzanne and I have a mutual friend who said she would be shocked if they were positive and they were. So anyway, we're going to the pediatrician today to get retested and test for all the other things it could be, but it's very Uh, difficult to just like, I feel like you should be able to go so many places and drive up and get that swab stuck up your nose, because if they want to curb the spread of this thing, they should make it easy to know if you have it. Yeah. And it's 
complicated. All the pharmacies have no spots. I think our school district is going to open up a drive-through, but it's not open until next week. Yeah. Um, that's what we have. We have a drive-through. That's, I feel like there should be drive-throughs everywhere. It's a matter of stick the swab up, test it and run. And then there will be times, of course, when you need more advanced, like the PCR or whatever that is, but it's really hard to just get a rapid. And we have another mutual friend looking this morning, trying to schedule a rapid and couldn't find one easily available. So that's ridiculous. So I'm trying to put together a handy dandy list. And um, that way, when my friends all say, oh my God, now we need a test. I can have done the homework for them because it's a little stressful to ah. know you need a test and not be able to find one. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I'm sending you lots of love. I know. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. I'm hopeful that he's, I mean, I just, yeah. I don't want to go down the road of having it in the quarantining. And I all know. Of that, but I also just don't want him to be sick. We've been hearing from our friend because after her daughter got it and then she got it and just what life looks like in it's your home sad. when, I mean, it's bad enough when the kids have to wear masks all day at school. And I don't mean bad in the, that I'm anti-mask. Right. I am a hundred percent keep that mask <laughs> on. Um, but it's, you know, that's challenging enough, but to have to in your own home all the time and then be isolated. But yes, but I mean, he's not a child who does well with isolation. He's okay this morning because he has his phone and like we said, go wild. Do Keep that want. charger in there, kid. Watch YouTube <laughs> until your eyes glaze over. We don't care, but we can't do 10 days of that. Yeah. I mean, and he's just not a kid who does but well. But if I mean, you need to, well you'll do isolation. it. If you need yeah, to, you'll we gotta, do it. We'll do it. But I'm really hopeful that the pediatrician confirms yeah. that it's just some other kind of snot. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yep. So. Every day, every day from each of the kids' school, I get the email. Oh, yeah. another confirmed case. Our high school, we've it's daily. That's how we know it's five o'clock because the email comes that says there's been a confirmed case. Our whole family would be like, it's five o'clock, it's five o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> but the middle school has not had a lot of cases. Yeah, um, right, Paul's right there. Yeah, it's been pretty, I mean, I think total four, one of those was a faculty member. So it's been pretty low and we've been in two and a half weeks now, or no, I guess two full weeks, something like that. I don't know. It feels like forever. It does feel like forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we get a notice yeah. every day from high school and we got a close contact notice from my high school students, but we have no, that's the other thing. They tell you which class period it was, but really no other information. So he doesn't know, is this somebody he sat near? He doesn't really know. Oh, because they are on a B yeah, schedule. Right. They haven't been in that class all that many times. And he's like, there were two people who normally sit near me who weren't there today, but he doesn't know. Was he exposed the last time they were in class four days ago or was he exposed? They can't give you the information as being a teacher. I know there's always so many times that we even have questions and they're like, sorry, we don't know. Like, sorry, we can't tell you. Sorry. Privacy. Can't tell us. Can't, can't tell you. Yep. So. Yeah. They can't tell us which kid it is. So you're just kind mm -hmm. of guessing, although it says that you'll get a different kind of notice if your child is yeah. recommended to go test. Yes. Yeah. So, huh. yeah, okay. just I'm just waiting. Out. I will eventually, I'm sure. Uh, We're all going to have to do it. That's why I'm compiling my list because every one of us is going to have to do it. I was like, send that list to me yeah. too. And I'll, yeah. oh my gosh, here I am waiting for my emergency state board of education call. And it's my mom, mom, I'm sorry. I'm not answering the phone. I'm recording a I, podcast right now. I'll never leave my phone on when I'm recording, but because I have one who doesn't feel good, I left it where I could see it. My other child texted during this. He needed something like, he needed me to send him a picture of something from home to school. Yes. 
So we do it. Busy, buddy. Busy. Have you noticed? And now we're just like we're now we're just meandering through every like subject that has nothing to do with the podcast. But that's all right. I've we noticed can, Suzanne's we, an expert editor. No, we've gotten in such a rhythm of just texting. We have our family group text and like just when silly things come up that we think someone will also like yep. or whatever. Yep. And I catch myself texting at like one o'clock. I mean, the kids are in school, but I'm just so used to this, like, oh, look at this cat, like hiding from this <laughs> room or whatever. And I'd be like, they would love this. And like, and then I'm like, oh man, that's probably ding. Like they're going to get detention or I'm, ding I'm just, I am. Hopefully their phone them. is put away when it's supposed to be away. Well, like I is. will send mine funny videos because if I don't do it, then I'm not ever going to do it. I won't remember. And so hopefully as a teacher, I'm like, it. you were the moms. I know. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And if at times I will bust a kid and they put your phone away. Wait, who are you talking to? My mom. my mom. My mom. Like, your mother would not text you right now. She knows you're in school. No, and she, she would. And I'm like, she fully oh. is. It's a picture of a cat on a Roomba. <laughs> Right, mind you, Leah, a picture of a video of a kid skateboarding, you know, or something like it, something crazy. It could These not, you guys are good. That yeah, looks a good set. I'm like, okay, okay, show me that then. I, <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm the worst. Uh, and then, yeah, and my son likes to text me pictures of what they're eating for lunch every day. It's just like, which I kind of love, but then I kind of like, again, with the Julie Lithcott Ames, I think that the, you know, you don't want to be too I'm, in. I'm trying to yeah. raise an adult. I'm not trying to have an, a kid who needs to, when they're 25, tell me what they're having for lunch. So <laughs> I'm trying to break the chain. <laughs> I raised such rule followers. I don't, I mean, my husband and I are both rule followers, but we have raised or are raising a couple extreme rule followers. And so I know those two don't have their phone out in class unless it's allowed. Yeah. Um, so I just pre freely send them things and say, when you, when you have a chance to look, here's something um, because yeah, if I don't, I'll forget. We're bad. You're we're bad. telling on ourselves in front of the teacher. I was like, can I get on those group chats? I would love to have those things for to meet in the day too. <laughs> I mean, you need a laugh. You need a laugh in the middle of the day for sure. Oh, yeah. I've never can we... said any cat Roomba, so I'm like, I would love that. Can we just take this opportunity to thank you and your teacher yes. ways? Oh, I tell yes. you, teachers are I don't hopefully Canada's given their teachers some extra respect. Teachers are getting one it's of our friends, uh, a parent went to, up to a teacher and grabbed their mask off their face last mm -hmm. week. It made national news. Made national it made national news. So teachers in Texas, so sorry mm -hmm. that parents think that they can just go grab your mask off your face. They literally will show the people who I'm going to be like testifying against, so to mm -hmm. speak, at this school board thing, to, or not school board, the State Board of Education thing today, um, they're the same group that goes to all the school board meetings and literally just tells teachers, your only purpose for existing is to teach my kids. Now oh. get in there, get in there, take off your mask so my precious kid can see your face and, and teach. It is, it's disgusting. Bad. I've been thinking so much about the difference the teachers make. Thank you. I've talked about on the podcast that I'm getting certified to be a master gardener right now. So I go to school once a week right now, and I've seen the dichotomy of someone who did not want to be there one week. And the lesson that should have been fascinating was not that great. And a really passionate guy taught a lesson on something that should have been so boring. And I was like, yes, this is great. Soil is not boring, Missy. Soil is not boring. Um, but I think about how hard, what that has made me think about is my kids in school now, 
we've not, we, I have not run across a teacher who doesn't want to be there. We have been so, so lucky with the most passionate, engaged individuals in the classroom, but they're dealing with so much crap right now that I just, I don't know. My heart is breaking for them and my heart goes out to them. I don't know how they do it every day. I just don't know how you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard, but I think I, I hopeful, I'm hopeful that every teacher we became a teacher for a reason. And we obviously we all have those reasons, but I'm, I'm hoping one of the core values is that you want to make a difference. It's a profession where you really can and truly can. And, you know, I just, I really think about the kids and I just try to be, um, you know, if I was a kid, who would I want to be greeted by and who would I want to be mm-hmm. with and who would I want to learn from? And I try my best to be that person for them. And yeah. um, you show up, show up, show up and be your best. Okay, that's what you want. I'm sorry if there's parents and administrators and politicians making your life hard. (laughs) Okay. I don't know what it's like in Canada, but here I think it's got to be a really tough year to be a teacher. Oh, it's it's a mess. So Mm -hmm. y'all, I'm going to run. I got to go check on my sickie and get ready for a doctor's appointment. But it was so nice to meet you, Carolyn. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. Can we do this every Tuesday? Oh, I'm just like... What are we going to talk about now? Yeah, and tell Christina <laughs> we want to do it again. With both oh my gosh, I would love yes. it. And seriously, we just, I, yeah, I love you. <laughs> oh, we love you too. This was so, this much, so fun. much fun. And you know what? I really am. I love, I'm going to take away the three things. I'm, I mean, I wrote it down. I'm totally doing that. And yeah, we're going to direct everybody to uh, learn more about the book yeah. and to respect their stories and share their stories because yeah, moms don't give themselves enough credit for how amazing and interesting we are. All yeah. right. Y'all oh. have a great day. You too. Let me know how it goes, so Suzanne. Great. Yes, thank you. Great. So you nice soon. to meet you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for the Mom and Dot 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 podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. And if you know someone else who could benefit from the episode, please be sure and share it with them. And while we're begging, please subscribe and rate us wherever it is you listen to podcasts. You can find links to all the things we discussed today in our show notes or over at our website, momandpodcast.com with the A and D spelled out. In between shows, find us over at the socials, including our private mom and community Facebook group. The links to that group and all of our socials can be found at momandpodcast.com. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you more than you know. Now go out there and make your ellipses count.